Hey, Michael Jakes here. We're here once again with the Line by Line podcast, a podcast that we always say is for your heart and for your soul. We pray that all is well uh, with you once again as we do so. Amen. Tonight we are streaming live over Facebook, YouTube, Peris- uh, not Periscope, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Spreaker.com. That is our podcast platform, uh, and you're welcome to go there to see the other uh, the other podcast that the Lord has allowed us to be able to produce over the years. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is at that's the word.org. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, which is that's the word ministries. Amen. So tonight we are ready once again for, uh, our trek through the new Testament. We are right now in the book of, uh, Matthew chapter number 22, the second half, uh, tonight, uh, Jesus is going to once again, turn the tables on his enemies. Uh, They always have some tricks and some questions for him to try to get him to uh, say something that they can charge him with. Uh, But Jesus is going to be armed and ready as usual, and he is going to turn the tables on them very well here tonight. Amen? So that's just one of the things that we're going to get through tonight here in these uh, passages. Uh, So get your Bible, get your smart device, and we're ready to go right here on the Line by Line podcast. We'll get done and we'll get started right after this. If you're watching over Facebook, you can uh, share this page out that others also may be blessed. We always want to ensure that as many people as possible are able to hear this life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, Norman. God bless you, Tracy T. And Frank and Doris, God bless you. God bless you. We thank you for being here uh, tonight. Amen. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Lord, we bless your name tonight. We thank you once again for giving us an opportunity, Lord, uh, to open up your word and bless your name. Uh, Lord, we honor you and we praise you for all that you are, for all that you have been, and for all that you will be to us. Uh, Lord, as we go into your word right now, Lord, we pray that you will give us grace. Uh, Lord, we pray that you will give us clarity of mind and heart. Lord, I pray that you will anoint your word even as it goes forth. Lord, anoint the ears of those who will be hearing this word right now. Lord, I pray that you will have your way with us, in us, through us, even right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen. We are going to begin here in Matthew uh, chapter number 22, verse number 23. Amen. Matthew 22 and verse number 23. And Jesus is going to give uh, those who are listening a primer on the resurrection. Amen. So let's hear what Jesus has to say. Verse number 23, the same day came to him the Sadducees which say that there is no resurrection. Now, we need to stop there because we need to uh, understand, once again, as it says here, uh, the Sadducees did not believe in the supernatural. They did not believe in angels. They did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't didn't believe in such things uh, like that. Uh, They 
the Sadducees held to uh, the law as it was written. Now, the Pharisees uh, who opposed the Sadducees uh, in their viewpoint, they believed in the supernatural angels and, and the resurrection. Uh, there were several different, and we've come across come across each one of them, there were several different factions in Jesus' day uh, that he had to deal with. Here, the Sadducees, of course, you know he had to deal with the Pharisees. Uh, he had to deal with the Herodians, which we, which we met up with just recently. And he also had to deal with the scribes, who were the, who were the teachers and the lawyers of their time. So Jesus had to deal with all of these people, and all of them, uh, by definition and, and by what uh, they knew about Scripture, they should have known who Jesus was. And many of them did, but they would not believe. They understood this man is the Son of God, but they would not believe. So keep this in mind here that the Sadducees do not believe in the resurrection. Here we go to verse number 24, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now, that needs a little bit of clarification. This was called, this was called the the Leveret Law. It was a law uh, in from Deuteronomy chapter 25, uh, starting in verse number 5. It goes down a few verses, and it explains a situation in which a man uh, who would have died, who was married, a man and a woman, and the husband dies, but they have no child, a son in particular. They have no son. And the law stated that the brother's brother, the husband's brother, or the wife's brother-in-law, was obligated to take, and he had to be single, remember this, he had to be single, he was obligated to take the wife of his brother as his wife, so that his brother's name would not die in Israel. In other words, so he would have an heir. That was the purpose of of this. This was not carried over into the New Testament and this does not carry over into present day. Once again, this is Old Testament. This is law. But that was uh that was the obligation. Now, this was not binding. It was not mandatory. However, if a brother in law, if this happened and a brother in law said that they did not want to marry his brother's wife, then he would be scorned in the community. Okay, and he would be treated a certain way if he did not follow through and carry it out. And this would follow him all the days of his life that he did not marry his brother's wife. But that was then, this is now, but this is the law that they were speaking of here. And they are going to try to trip Jesus up. Verse number 20, uh, verse number 26. Likewise, the second also. Now, no, let's start in 25. Now, there were with us seven brethren. Let me stop right there for a moment. Here, the Sadducees are going to bring up a, a ridiculous scenario to try and get Jesus to say that uh, resurrection, that there's no such thing as the resurrection, okay? There's a lot of things going on here. So now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue or child, left his wife unto his brother. 
likewise the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. So the so this scenario is that the woman was married at one point in time to all seven brothers. That's the situation. Verse number 28. Therefore, in the resurrection, in which they don't believe in, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. And so... In the mind of the Sadducees, they believe now that they have Jesus stumped. Jesus is now supposed to hear this question, hear this scenario, and say, oh, my goodness. Wow, that's that's too much. Well, they're actually, guys, Sadducees, there is no resurrection to speak of because this is a little bit too convoluted. They were expecting Jesus to come with some sort of answer that way. Or he could have said that polyandry, which is the... Uh, a woman having many husbands. Polygamy is a man having many wives. Polyandry is a woman having many husbands. If he did not agree that there was uh, a that there was no resurrection, then he had to submit that there was a such thing as polyandry. That it was okay for this woman to have all these husbands. And so, here's how Jesus ends this. Verse number twenty nine. Jesus answered and said unto them. Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God, okay? You don't know what the Bible says. You, you, you don't know. You don't understand the scriptures. And he says, you do not understand the power of God, what God is able to do. You have no knowledge and no understanding of this. And here, Jesus makes this statement, verse number 30. For in the resurrection, that is after we die, when we go to heaven, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels in heaven. Now, let's stop right there. What does that mean? Amen. What does that mean? Norman, uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 25, uh, that was it. That, that reference was in Deuteronomy 25, starting in verse number five. Deuteronomy starting in verse number five, going down to about verse number 10. Um, what does this statement mean? Uh, in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels in heaven. What does uh, this mean? Now, remember, this situation that they have dreamed up is a purely uh, a purely hypothetical situation. It's a purely hypothetical situation. Okay, now. Jesus says, in the resurrection, people neither marry nor are given in marriage. So, we conclude, we make these conclusions from Jesus' statement. When people die and go to heaven, they are, let's put it with angels first, because they don't, uh, Sadducees don't believe in angels either, okay? Understand that. They don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe in the supernatural, life after death and all of that. They don't believe in that. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell. They don't believe in, Sadducees don't believe in such things. So Jesus brings up angels, okay? People, when they go to heaven, will be like angels in what sense? Now, not in the sense that when we die, which is a question that I have received over and over uh, throughout the years, do we become angels when we die? No, that is a very fanciful thought and idea. That's what 
the world will tell you when we die, you know, we, we become angels. No, we don't become angels, okay? We don't become angels when we get to heaven. Here's what Jesus is, is, is stating here. In heaven, first of all, angels are immortal. Secondly, angels are what, what we believe that this is saying, that angels are asexual, okay? They, have, they are asexual. There is no gender, okay? Always in scripture, we read of angels being or spoken of in the male in the male gender, always. We don't hear, we don't hear of female angels. We don't speak of, uh, the Bible doesn't speak of female angels at all. They are always spoken of as he or him, or always in scripture. So there, there's no marriage, nor giving in marriage. So people in heaven, when we get there, the marriage relationship will be different. Now, let's talk about the asexual side, which means, yes, the there will be, for us, for us, because we once again, we are not angels, there will be sexuality in the sense that there will be male and female. Book of 1 Corinthians says that we will know even as we are known. So if you're a female, you'll be a female. If I'm a male, I'll be a male when we get to heaven. But the physical act, the physical sexual act will not exist in heaven. Those desires and, and, and those that part of us will not will no longer be a part of who we are and what we need once we get to heaven. So once again, the relationship between husband and wife, if you can call it that, or man and women, will not be the same. Amen? It will not be the same once we get to heaven. So here's what Jesus is saying. In the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels in heaven. And, and that's all that Jesus means. It does not, once again, it does not mean that we are going to become angels when we get to heaven. Some take that to mean that, but that is not what is going on there. Verse number 31. I hope, I, I hope that's clear. Verse number 31. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read, once again, he's addressing their, their non-belief in the resurrection now. Have ye not read that which was spoken unto God, saying, spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now that's a powerful statement because what he is saying there in that statement is that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are still alive. God is not the God of those who are dead. God is the God of those who are alive. And so once again, he 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 shreds their their non-belief. He shreds their non-belief uh in the resurrection. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are yet still alive as we speak. As we speak, we know that they died thousands of years ago, but they are yet alive. Why? God is the God of the living and not the dead. We have within us a soul that is that will that lasts forever. And once again, how you live your life here, meaning whether you receive Christ in your heart or not, will determine how your soul 
will live in eternity once you are dead. Okay? So your soul, your soul proceeded from God. Remember, Genesis chapter 1. He breathed into Adam the breath of life. You have the breath of God in that sense. The breath of God, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit, but you have the breath of God in you. He has, he has given you life. And, and now, when you leave here, your soul will go to either heaven or hell. Once again, depending on how you lived this life. Amen? So your soul is eternal. It is absolutely eternal. Um, verse number 33. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. They, they, the multitude, the people, once again, it's the Sadducees that are there. They don't believe in the resurrection, but he left them speechless. They, they're like, what can we say? What can we say? And so that's another uh, drop the mic moment, if I can use that phrase, another drop the mic moment that Jesus has with these Sadducees who were trying to get him to admit something uh, that was not biblical, the fact that there is no uh, they were trying to get Jesus to say that there is no resurrection, but Jesus put an end to that. But, verse number 34, when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees, when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, <laughs> they were gathered together. And so I would imagine that the Pharisees hear what has happened to their enemies, uh, the Sadducees. Remember, Pharisees and Sadducees had opposing views on most things, and they did not get along. But for the sake of coming against Jesus, these two opposing factions came together as one. Okay? That's what happened there. The Pharisees and Sadducees came together uh, to try and bring Jesus down. Amen? Uh, so the Pharisees are once again going to come to Jesus with another question, as they have done throughout uh, this book of Matthew. They approach him. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, and that simply means that this was, was a scribe. Once again, the scribes uh, were the ones who were the teachers, the interpreters, and they were the lawyers. Amen? They knew exactly what the Bible, they knew what the Old Testament scrolls said. Okay, they were very well aware. They were they were uh, steeped in uh, in their knowledge of the scriptures. Amen. Uh, and they came to him though with an ulterior motive, which is the only way that they ever came to Jesus with an ulterior motive. They asked him a question, tempting him, meaning putting him to the test, and saying, "Master, which is the greatest commandment?" In the law, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God <clears throat> with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Okay? In some places in Scripture you will read, I believe it's in the book of Mark, uh, that also with all your strength. Amen? Verse number 38. <clears throat> this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. This is this is an expression, once again, an expression of do unto others as you would have others do unto you. On these two commandments, it says, hang all the law 
and the prophets. In other words, everything that you read uh, in the Old Testament uh, can be summarized by loving God and loving your fellow man. That's what the law was about. Okay? That, that, that is what the foundation of the law was about. <clears throat> Verse number 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? What do you think of Christ? What a question. What a question this is. What do you think of Christ? Amen. Uh, there's another question that's going to come up here in the gospel. I'm not sure if it's here in Matthew or later on in the book of uh, one of the other gospels. Uh, but Pilate is going to ask a question to the people as Jesus is about to be crucified. And he's going to ask the question, what shall I then do with Jesus? What shall I then do with Jesus? These two questions are very comparable and they are powerful questions. What do you think of Christ? And what are you going to do with Jesus? Here, he says, whose son is he? And they say unto him, the Pharisees, the son of David. Now, in the mind, in the Jewish mind, the Messiah being the son of David, the Messiah being the son of David, Christ, word Christ means Messiah, uh, the Messiah being the son of David means that for them, for the Jews, it simply means that he is the offspring, that he is, uh, he is simply uh, no more than a man. He's no more than a man. He, he is just the offspring, a, a, a physical descendant of. That's it. In, in the Jewish mind, that's what son of means. But Jesus goes on. In verse number 43, he says unto them, How then does David in spirit or in the spirit, meaning David wrote what he wrote and spoke what he spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's how all of scripture was written. How does David in spirit call him Lord? How does this happen? Why did David call, uh, why did David call him Lord saying, and he's, he's speaking now, from Psalm 110 and verse number 1. Psalm 110 and verse number 1. Here's what it says. Verse number 44 here. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now years ago, years ago when I would read this, years ago I would say, I, I would be a bit confused. What's going on here? What is going on in this verse? The Lord said unto my Lord. It, 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 didn't, it didn't make sense years ago when I would read this. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou, and, sit thou uh, on my right hand till I make thine enemies uh, thy footstool. What does that mean? Well, if you look, if you read carefully, when you see this first, first uh, word, first name Lord, you will see that it is in capital letters. Okay? The first word Lord there is in capital letters. And that is a word that means Jehovah. Jehovah. In the Old Testament, that means Jehovah. Uh, the Jews did not spell out the name Jehovah. They would just spell out, uh, in English, it would be J-W-H-W. -W. So the name Jehovah, Jehovah that we have, uh, 
is a is sort of a transliteration. It's it's we have added letters into it to make it pronounceable. But the Jews would never do that. They just it's J W uh H W uh Jehovah. Um and here that word that name Lord means Jehovah. And so this verse and the, the second the second Lord is a word that means uh somebody who is uh has authority somebody who has authority it's a title okay and so here it is saying jehovah said unto the lord my lord let let, let me explain let me continue and then it'll become clearer verse number 45 if david then call him lord how is he his son if david once again that verse psalm 110 verse number 1 is david speaking that's david speaking it's so so it is David saying, the Lord, Jehovah says to his Lord, David saying, my Lord. And so that Jesus telling them, if, if, if Jesus is just David's son in the sense that you believe, why is he calling the Lord, why is he calling him his Lord? What Jesus is, t- is telling them simply is that he is God. He is expressing his deity. He is saying that not only is Jesus the son of David in the sense of being a physical descendant, but he is also the son of David in the sense of being his divine superior. Okay? He is, the Messiah is God. That's what he is telling them. And that's what they understood. They understood exactly what Jesus meant when he made this statement. Verse number 46, it was a question to them. How can David do this? If, if if the Messiah is just going to come down through the line and just be underneath David because he was, you know, he was born after David. No, no, no. Jesus was not born after David. Uh, Jesus is eternal because he is God. Amen. And so that is why David made that statement. Jehovah says to my Lord, his Lord, David has a Lord himself. And that was, and that was, he was speaking prophetically. His Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's who this is speaking of. Verse number 46. And no man, no man was able to answer him a word. Neither does any man. And I love this statement. It says, neither does, uh, from that day on, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. That was it. That was the last time that anyone would approach him. We know that Jesus is right near the end of his ministry at this time. He's in his last, he's in his last week of his earthly ministry here. But we see here that this was the last time that anyone would approach him trying to trap him by the questions. And I love what it says here. Neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. He ended it. He told them exactly who he was. And whether they wanted to, whether they wanted to receive it or not, they understood what he said. Okay, they completely understood what he said. Most of the time, many times when Jesus uh, clarified a statement or corrected them, they understood. Only in parables, they had no understanding of what uh, I'm talking about. The population and the scribes and Pharisees, they didn't understand those things. But when Jesus made a clarification from scripture that they knew already, they understood exactly what he meant. Amen? And and this is very important to understand. They knew. They knew. 
So their unbelief was a, their unbelief uh, uh, is, is on a different level. When you know, but you say no anyway, that's not good. <laughs> when you know, but you won't, you won't uh, uh, step up and believe. Okay, that's where they were. Let's go into uh, verse uh, chapter number 23. Chapter number 23. Amen. God bless you, Becky. God bless you. Chapter number 23. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to the disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, once again, he's going to, Jesus is now going to offer his, one of his final, uh, uh, his, his final shots, if I can use that phrase, at the scribes and the Pharisees, okay? He says, all, all therefore, in verse number three, all therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not after their works, for they say and do not. What is Jesus saying here? He has already, he has already called the Pharisees uh, a brood of vipers. He has already called, said that the vipers are, are uh, they look good on the outside, but inside they're like dead men's bones. He's already said some terrible things, true things, terrible or not. They are true things concerning the scribes and the Pharisees. Here Jesus says, whatever they bid you, whatever they bid you to observe, observe and do. So what's going on there? If Jesus told them all of these different things, okay? Uh, God bless you, Norman. Uh, uh, if Jesus told them all these different things, then why is it, why is it that now Jesus says, do what they say? Well, there were times when the Pharisees spoke that they did speak the truth. There were times when the Pharisees and scribes spoke that they interpreted scripture properly. And so Jesus is telling the people, when they interpret scripture properly, please do what they say. They're telling If they're telling the truth, it's truth. Truth is truth. But do not after their works. Don't follow through and do the things. Uh, don't follow. Don't follow what they do, because they don't do what they talk about. They don't do the truth that they speak. Don't follow. Don't do what they do. Listen to what they say carefully. If they say something right, listen to what they say. But don't do what they do. Verse number four. And what Jesus is going to speak is something that can happen to any one of us at any given time or any given season in our lives. This can happen. Verse number four. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders. Let's stop right there. What Jesus is talking about here are fence laws. They have taken the law and tradition and people are now, uh, because they have, because over time, there are so many different laws in place to keep them from, to, to keep them from breaking the law that no one can keep it. Look what Jesus says. These, they, these are heavy burdens and grievous to be borne. You, you can't keep it. It's not possible to keep the laws that they have laid down. Once again, the fence laws, they, they, were, they were laws put in place and they put a fence around the law that was written.
okay? Uh, don't do this so that you don't do this. And in a sense, you can see how a fence law, it, you can see how a fence law can have its place, okay? Don't do this so that you don't do that, okay? Don't, don't go here if, if, if your problem if your problem is 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 alcohol, then don't go near, don't go near a liquor store if your problem is or has been alcohol. That would be something as a as a fence law, something put in place to keep you from doing something. But once again, when you begin to add to and to add to and to add to, you know, don't go, don't walk on the same side of the street as a liquor store. Uh, liquor stores. Uh, liquor stores are are evil. It's it's when you begin to place little stipulations upon stipulations, then it becomes unbearable. And and this is what uh, Jesus speaks about here. These they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne. Nobody can keep it. Nobody can keep all the different laws and stipulations that have been put in place. It was impossible to bear. Okay, and they lay them on men's shoulders. But continuing. They themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They put they 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 put these burdens upon you, but it's not for them. They're not going to follow through and do these things that they have laid upon the people. That's what Jesus is telling them. So they were hypocrites. They were putting forth a face, a front for people to see. They were they were seeming to be what they were not. Jesus goes on in verse number five. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. The book of James speaks about this. We won't go into the book of James now, but James speaks about this too. They make broad their phylacteries. They, they were little little boxes that they wore uh, on themselves and enlarged the borders of their garment. They did this once again to look more pious. They did it to look more externally holy. Amen. Jesus also Jesus also made a statement like this earlier uh, in the uh, in the Beatitudes when he says that uh, the, the, when the scribes and Pharisees when they pray uh, they pray they make loud prayers in the middle of the street for people to hear uh, to see how so people could see how holy they were and this is along those same lines externally they wore these things that would show that how holy they were and love verse number six the uppermost rooms at feasts. And the chief chief seats in the synagogues, okay? They wanted preferential treatment. That's that's what this is talking about. They wanted that preferential treatment because of who they were. And greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. I can remember. <laughs> I can remember uh, several years back. Several years back, when I became when I became pastor, several years back. All of a sudden, I'm in. Listen, I'm in the same church that I was that I have been in for many years now, and when I became a pastor at that church, people started treating me different. Now, I guess I guess you give honor to where honors do. I understand that, but people began treating me different. When I would walk in the door, they would uh, uh, usher me all the way down to the front. Here, sit here. Uh, here, sit up here. And, and people would start treating me different. And I, I mean, I. It's, I'm still me. I'm I'm just me. Please don't don't tell people to get up because pastor's gonna sit down. I, I don't know. I don't. We don't we don't need any of that. I don't look look. I'm I'm 
I'm just like anybody else. I'm just like anybody else. I don't prefer preferential treatment, and, and nobody should prefer preferential treatment in that way. Amen? Verse number, let's go to verse number seven again. They loved, and greetings in the markets, and being called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Once again, the, the, the title, teacher, teacher. But, once again, Jesus speaking. Verse number eight. Be not called, be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and ye all, and all ye are brethren. Once again, he's talking about taking titles and taking them to yourself and becoming prideful in the title uh, that you have. That, that's what he's talking about here. Don't take your title to heart. Don't take your title and become puffed up by it. This is what happened to the scribes and Pharisees. They liked, they enjoyed hearing people call them rabbi, rabbi, teacher, teacher. They that This filled them up with a level of pride. Okay, and this is not this is not to be done. Verse number nine, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Now, what does Jesus mean by this? Don't call any man father on earth. Now, each one of us has a mother. Each one of us had a father. We all have those dynamics in our lives. But when it comes when it comes to this, he's not saying. Uh, you don't show honor to whom honor is due. He's not saying you don't show respect uh, for someone who is your father, uh, who's someone who raised you or somebody who raised you as their, as their child. He's not saying that. What he's saying here, once again, is not to get caught up. These uh, uh, A father, and I, I need to go and go into Catholicism, we see that they have, they call each other father, father so-and-so and father so-and-so. And that is what is being frowned upon, okay? Taking a title, taking a title, what does he say here? Uh, one is your father, which is in heaven. No man in the divine sense is your father, okay? And that should not be, that should not be done. I did a wedding years ago. Years ago, I did a wedding, and I arrived, I arrived at the, uh, at the place early, uh, and uh, I, in those days, I, I wore a little collar, uh, and uh, I showed up, and the people that were there to meet me were not part of the wedding party or anything, but they addressed me as 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 father. Hey, hello, father. Uh, and, and hey, I'm not not a <laughs> I'm not a father. I'm not a father. But they they were taken uh, they were taken by surprise by the by the collar that I was wearing. Call no man father upon earth. For one is your father, which is in heaven. Verse number 10. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. Once again, that's talking about teachers. Once again, it's talking about a, a, a title. Now, we know for we know for a fact that we have what is script what scripture called what we call the five-fold ministry that we read about in the book of Ephesians. Okay? Ephesians uh, chapter 4. We know that there are pastors, teachers, and uh, and evangelists and 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 uh, prophets and, and we 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 understand the, the fivefold ministry. And these are functions. These are functions. These are not titles. Okay, prophet is not a title, and all they are not titles. A a pastor is a function in the church. Okay, uh, a pastor is a bishop. 
they are one and the same. From time to time, you will see a pastor uh, being installed as a bishop or a pastor uh, being ordained as a bishop. There's really no need for that. A pastor is already a a bishop. The the two words mean the exact same thing. I know in our in our day today in the church today, a pastor is here, uh, and somehow a bishop is here. A bishop is is higher uh, in ascendancy than a, a pastor. That's biblically speaking, a pastor and a bishop are one and the same. So. There have been times, and I do not appreciate it, but there have been times when folk have called me Bishop Jakes. No, I'm not Bishop Jakes. Yes, I am Bishop Jakes, but I'm not Bishop Jakes. I don't prefer to be called Bishop. You can call me Pastor or you cannot call me Pastor. doesn't matter. I, 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 am, I am who I am in Christ. Amen? That, that's, that's all that I am. So he says here, Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But, he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Okay? He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Uh, servant. Uh, do not suppose that just because one is a pastor, uh, do not suppose uh, that because one is a, a teacher, do not suppose that they are, uh, they somehow, uh, it's supposed, they're supposed to lord it over those uh, other people. No, that, that's not what should be happening. Amen. Once again, you give honor to whom honor is due. The worthy, uh, the laborer is worthy of his hire. All of those things are true concerning those who to teach and those uh, who pastor. Uh, okay. All of, all of those things are true. But once again, they are to be servants. What did Jesus say? We just read about this recently, uh, that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. And he was Christ himself. We don't read Jesus saying, here, do that, do this, do that. The closest that we see Jesus telling somebody what to do is what we just read uh, from scripture just a few weeks ago uh, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and he told them to go. He told them to go and tell the people, uh, tell and get a donkey and tell them that the Lord has need of it and they will let uh, they will let uh, let you have it. That's as close as we come to Jesus telling somebody what to do. And he wasn't telling somebody what to do. And, he, once, and if he was, he's within his he was within his authority to do so. But that's not what he came to do. He came to serve, not to be served. And that is what we all must learn. A leader should serve and not sit back and say, you do this for me and you do that for me. No, that's not the right way it goes. Verse number 12. And whosoever, whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that humbles himself shall be exalted. We read those words, similar words in, uh, in the book of uh, James, uh, where God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's something about pride that the Lord does not like. Remember, pride goes all the way back. Pride goes all the way back to the beginning. This is, how, this is how Lucifer became Satan. It was all because of pride. The Bible says that pride, uh, was sin was found in him, but that sin was, was pride. I want to be God. And it was pride. And so anytime, anytime that pride fills our heart, 
Anytime that we begin to see ourselves uh, as more than what we are, beware when a man thinks he stands lest he fall. Anytime we begin to be puffed up uh, in our attitudes, in our thinking, uh, we are traveling along the lines of Satan. It was pride that brought him down, and pride will bring any man or woman down also. Amen? And so we need to understand that very well. Verse number 13. But woe unto you, and anytime Jesus says woe unto anyone, it's not a good thing, okay? But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, okay? Jesus is in his last week on earth, his last few days on earth, and he is unleashing truth upon his enemies, okay? That's what Jesus is doing. He's telling it like it is. He's going to he, he's going to be very very uh, brutal in his honesty here. But once again, it's honest, it's true, and he was within uh, his authority to say the things that he is about to say. Amen. Because he knows. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves. Neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Do you hear what he says? Do you hear what Jesus says here? Jesus knew the hearts of men. Understand that. Jesus knew their hearts. We read that several times in, in the Gospels, that he knew what they would think. He knew what people were thinking. Here, he is saying that the Pharisees and the scribes, because of these laws and because of uh, these uh, different uh, burdens that they laid upon the people, he says that you are shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men. You are stopping people from proceeding. And you are stopping, you are even attempting to stop people from believing in me by all the things that you have done and tried to do throughout my ministry. For ye neither go in yourselves. And that was a stopper right there. He's telling them that as long as you remain the way you are, you yourselves are not even going into the kingdom. I know that you think that you are already in or that you already have your seat reserved in heaven, but he says you are not even going in yourselves. He told him this earlier, that you, if you don't believe in me, ye shall all likewise perish. And they were not believing in him, even though they knew, they understood that he was the Messiah. It can't be him, though. It can't be him, they thought in their minds. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Some people are at the door. Some people are ready to believe, but they are there to say, he's not the one. He's not the one, okay? And we need to be very careful that we don't stop people from believing, amen? Let's not stop people from believing. Woe unto you. Let's get these last two verses in before we uh, call it a night. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayer. Once again, a reference back to uh, what we just spoke about a, mo uh, a few moments ago concerning uh, when he said that they would get up and make long prayers. Amen? Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation, okay? Devouring widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, devouring widows' houses, 
going in and taking this for the temple and that for the temple. Now he's calling them thieves. Not just hypocrites, but thieves. Amen? Verse number, uh, you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. You want to make uh, proselytes, and a proselyte is a is a Gentile who becomes a Jew. You want to make uh, you want to make uh, proselytes, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell. That means somebody that is not going to heaven. <laughs> Jesus is pulling out the stops. He's telling them you turn people into more of a hypocrite and child of hell than you are. You're making you're you're making clones of yourselves. Okay? That's what he's saying. You're making you're making clones of yourself. Amen. And once again, this is problematic. Okay? And this is not something uh once again, Jesus has already warned the people, don't do what they do. Hear what they say whenever they speak truth, but don't do what they say. Amen. Don't do what they say. Amen. So that is something that we all have to be mindful of. And we all have to use discernment when it comes to hearing, to, to listening and hearing uh, those things that are spoken to us. We need to have the mind of the Lord. And the way that we have the mind of the Lord is to read his word and and so that his spirit uh, will be able to discern what is true, what is real, and what is not. And once again, only discernment, only the spirit of God will give you that ability. You can think something is right, and you can think that something sounds right, but once again, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to tell you, mm-mm, mm-mm, okay? Not in that way, of course. The spirit does not respond that way. But the spirit will let you know what is real and what is not, what is true and what is false, amen? But you have to have the mind of the Spirit, amen? And the more the more that you read his word, the more you read his word, uh, the more uh, discernment will begin to be a part of your life, amen? I see your, I see your question, Frank, and I will respond to that question. I'll, 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 I'll shoot you an email uh, and I'll respond to that question. That is a, that, uh, is a very, very... That is a, uh, I know where that scripture is, uh, but I'll email you uh, uh, a response to that question. Amen. All righty. Well, <clears throat> there you have it. When we come together next week, we will, uh, we will begin in verse number 16 and uh, we'll finish off, we'll, fi we'll finish off this chapter. And then we're going to be getting into Matthew chapter number 24, a very, very pivotal chapter, uh, in the scope of prophecy, amen. Very, very pivotal, pivotal chapter in the scope of property prophecy, uh, and that is going to be uh, Matthew chapter twenty-four. We want to we want to take our time uh, in Matthew twenty-four because uh, there's a lot going on in chapter twenty-four that we are going to need to uh, talk about, amen. So we just bless the Lord, amen. God bless you, Tracy T, amen. God bless you, amen. 
Well, let's pray. Let's pray and uh, ask the Lord to be with us, continue to be with us. And I'll, uh, at the end of the prayer, uh, we'll give you a little word about what's on tap for tomorrow night. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless your name and we thank you once again for giving us an opportunity to open up your word. Uh, Lord, your word fills us with hope, peace, encouragement. Lord, where would we be uh, without your word? Lord, and we know that we come to we come to places in scripture from time to time that that still leave us a little uh, uh, leave us a little uh, not understanding, Lord Jesus. But Lord, we know that when we get uh, into eternity, that Lord, all will be clear. And so, Lord, we we have that assurance, Lord Jesus, not only that your word is true, but that your word is for us right now today. So, Lord, we pray that you will bless each and every one under the sound of your word even right now. Have your way. Bless every heart. Uh, bless each and every one. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll continue to make your word a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. Lord Jesus, we don't want to stray away from your word in any way. Lord, help us, Lord Jesus, to remain obedient to you as we look to the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, have your way. Bless us together right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. We honor the Lord and we bless him and we thank him. God bless you. Uh, once again, God bless you, Doris. Uh, God bless you, Doris and Linda and Arigna. Frank, uh, Norman, God bless you. Uh, God bless you, Becky. Amen. God bless you all. Uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that Dawn is out there. God bless you, Dawn. Amen. Uh, we just thank the Lord for each and every one of you uh, for joining us uh, here tonight. Amen. Continue to pray for us as we continue to pray for you uh, as we continue uh, this online ministry. Just want to invite you, as always, to join us uh, tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night, right here on uh, the Bible Speaks Live podcast, uh, our hot topic. Uh, about to start calling Tuesday Hot Topic Tuesday, uh, but here tomorrow night on the Bible Speaks Live, uh, our hot topic is: Do you know how blessed you really are? Amen. Do you do you know how blessed you really are? We're gonna be. We're going to be revealing seven, and I and I have to put it this way because that's what they are, seven absolutely wonderful benefits of the cross. There is no way, there is no way that we can number all the benefits and blessings of the cross. We're just, we, we capped it at seven. Uh, we could go on for eternity talking about the benefits of the cross, but we're going to leave you with seven absolutely wonderful uh, benefits of the cross. That's tomorrow night. 8 o'clock, hope you can join us right here on The Bible Speaks Live, amen? And then on and then on uh, Wednesday night, uh, the Cutting It Right Bible Study, First Principles of the Christian Life, we're going to continue talking about temptation, amen? We're going to round out this year uh, talking about uh, temptation. So once again, we, we hope that you're able to join us uh, this coming uh, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, amen? Sunday mornings, we are still in our new series uh, entitled Glory in the Highest. And coming up this week, we're going to be talking about the name of Jesus. Amen. It's the only name that you need to know. And by the name of Jesus, there are certain things that we are responsible for when we realize what the name of Jesus means. Amen. We'll, be getting, we'll get into that uh, on Sunday. Amen. So hopefully you can join us. Uh, I've been saying 11.30, but lately it's been uh, at 4 o'clock, so let me say 4 o'clock. Sunday afternoon, we'll be, we'll be live 
with the Sunday Sermon Series. So I hope you can join us at that uh, sort of strange hour of the day. Amen. But we'll be here, God willing, at 4 o'clock uh, Sunday afternoon. Amen. So we just honor the Lord, honor the Lord and bless him and thank him uh, for what uh, he is doing in our midst. We know God is good uh, all the time. Uh, we just honor him and bless him and, and just thank him for all that he is and all that he is doing in our midst. Don't forget that you can uh, hear all of our podcasts on these podcast platforms. Uh, our main podcast platform is Spreaker.com. Uh, that is where, as we said at the beginning, uh, you can find uh, the other podcasts that the Lord has allowed us to uh, to produce over the years. We've been we've been at this for we've been doing this since about 2012. To 2012, uh, we've been online. Uh, uh, we've been on YouTube and on Spreaker.com. Uh, so we have quite a bit uh, of um, material. Uh, that we have put out over these years, amen, and it just keeps coming. The Lord keeps giving us uh, more uh, to do, and that we will do until the Lord uh, tells us otherwise, amen. So we just honor the Lord, and we bless him, and we thank him. Thank you for, thank you, thank you all for the gifts that you give. Uh, they go right back in uh, to the ministry to keep this, to keep all of this running and rolling, amen, and we thank you for, for all uh, that you do, amen. It is it is greatly appreciated, amen. So with that, uh, we want to thank you for being with us, and uh, we'll be back here tomorrow night, eight o'clock. Do you know how blessed you really are? I mean, you really are. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the benefits of the cross of Jesus Christ, not to be missed. Okay, we'll see you at eight o'clock tomorrow night. Until then, have a good night. God bless you, and we'll see you then. Have a good one.